So good morning and warm welcome to uh, Riverside, particularly if you're a guest this morning. It's uh, fantastic to have you with us. And we're at the very start of our summer series uh, where we're doing these extended interviews with a number of people and uh, really just looking at people's lives, their faith journeys, and what we can learn from that as well. So the great opportunities to, to learn from, but also to bring folks along to. And uh, this morning, we have the, the privilege of having uh, Kramath, who's been in Birmingham for nearly 50 years. He's been part of Riverside's nearly 25 years. So can we give him a warm, warm welcome as he uh, comes out this morning? Uh, we've got the comfiest seats in the house here. We were thinking of doing a whole front row of them to get everyone to kind of move forward, but uh, we've got them this morning. So welcome, uh, Kramath. And uh, as we kind of start this morning, do you want to just tell us a little bit about your background? Yes. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for this opportunity to, um, for Not me to share my story. Uh, I think um, the challenge for you is going to be how to fit... Uh, 60 plus years into uh, 20 minutes. Uh, so uh, over to you. Um, so um, I um, was born in um, uh, Pakistan, in Kashmir. Yeah. And um, uh, this is the Kashmir bit. Um, uh, there's a strip uh, that's under Pakistani control. The rest is under Indian control. Yep. I come from the Pakistani uh, from a district uh, uh, of Mirpur, okay. um, uh, which has been made famous uh, in the last few days um, uh, with um, Moin Ali and Adil Rashid helping uh, the England cricket team to win uh, the World Cup. They're both from uh, my district, so, um, you know. Fantastic, brilliant. Um, it was a simple life. We, um, um, we cooked on open fires. There was no... Yeah. Um, Gas or electricity. Okay. Um, we um, uh, walked everywhere. This is the, the you see on the screen the path that I used to take to walk to my primary school. Okay. Um, and um, we didn't go to places if if they were too far because uh, it would take you know a, a, a lot of effort to walk. Okay. Um, and there were no roads or. Yeah. or uh, Tell us about the school. School. Uh, there was one school, um, primary school, um, that um, served the whole kind of um, maybe 10,000 people. Um, not everybody went to school. Not, not all the children went to school. I did. Yeah. Um, there was one teacher for the whole school. Yeah. It's like one um, chair as well. One, one, one chair. Yeah. There were two items of furniture, one teacher's chair and the uh, blackboard. Okay. And um, if you imagine me um, sitting behind those books on the floor yeah. uh, for five years, um, I was a very keen learner. Yeah. And um, uh, used to come, you know, either top or second uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the school. I know you've put some pictures up of ways that people entertain themselves. I'm not sure these are pictures of yourself, but... Uh, no, um, uh, I, I saw these children on one of my visits and... Um, uh, we as children used to just uh, make our own games and um, amuse ourselves. It was a world where we were, uh, we spoke when we were spoken to. Yeah. We listened to the adults talking a lot. Um, so. Um, uh, and the religion of what was re religion like there as a growing up and in your home? In your home? There was only there was only one religion which was Islam. Yeah. But not everybody practiced it. 
um, we, we did in our family. And um, uh, I, I tried to kind of uh, follow in my dad's footsteps and yeah. I learned, you know, uh, to pray and so on. But it was all in Arabic. I yeah. didn't understand it, what, what I was praying. Okay. But... Um, uh, Brothers and sisters? Yeah. Um, I had um, five sisters. Um, it, it's worth saying that um, I was very loved. And okay. I was loved because I was the only boy in a family of five. And it's a world where boy, having a, being a boy is something special. And um, um, I was spoiled. I was the prince of the family. Right. So you could say I, I had a very happy childhood. Yeah. And uh, all my needs were met. Yeah. I was conscious that I had everything I needed, you know, shoes to wear, clothes to wear. Yeah. Um, food to eat. Yeah. Which some of the children didn't. In the and then this big change that comes into your life. Uh, yeah, um, I, I think the other thing that's worth saying is um, uh, our family uh, was very respected in, in, the, in the village and um, uh, it was very hospitable. Yeah. If you were hungry or thirsty, needed to borrow some money yeah. um, uh, and, or needed advice, you would go to our uh, family. Okay. And um, that continued throughout my life. When, after my father died, my mother carried on. Sure. And um, uh, so I felt even more special because I came from that family. Sure. Um, but then my father had been to England for about five years in the 50s. Yeah. He knew what England was like, what the opportunities were here. He knew what few opportunities there were in our world. Yeah. So... Um, he, um, he decided that he would send me to live with my sister in Birmingham. Okay, so she was She was here. So how old were you at that point? About 12. Okay. I, think, I think where I come from, age is always approximate. Okay. Give or take a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so you could say uh, 12, 13, 14, you yeah. know, that kind of age. That's good with us. That's good with and, us. And um, uh, I was sent to Birmingham in nineteen. So you arrive in Birmingham. What are yeah. your impressions? What do you make of Birmingham? What, what, what's Birmingham like when you arrive here? It's diverse. Yeah. There are people who are different from me. So I become conscious of who I am. Yes. Uh, because I'm surrounded by people who, who don't look like me. Um, our, um, we, we, we had uh, buses we could go on. We didn't have to walk everywhere. Yeah. Um, uh, we lived uh, around the corner from the number eight bus stop. Yeah. In Nichols. Um, went to school. Yeah. And instead of sitting on the floor, we could sit on yeah, chairs. Yeah, a few more chairs there. Cha yeah. Chairs and desks. Um, I discovered the local library. This is Bloomsbury Library in Nichols, um, which was down the road from where I lived. Right, And I Fantastic. became one of their uh, very keen uh, visitors. Yeah, and I know anybody who's visited your house will know you're a, you know, you, you like your books. Yeah, these are all my books. They're not uh, the yeah. library books. Oh, okay, okay, fine. That's good uh, to know. <laughs> I did wonder, the library looked like it had closed down, and I did wonder if it just moved to another residence. Yes. Yes. Good variety there. And, and the other thing that happened was um, I stopped being religious. Okay. Um, I was in a world where there was no religion. Yeah. Um, you know, within our own family community, there was very little religious practice. The world around me, God didn't exist. Okay. Um, hey, this is in Birmingham. This is in Birmingham. Yeah. And um, uh, people I went to school with, 
people I went to work with, people I went to college with, yeah. uh, they lived according to their own rules and, and laws. Yeah. There was no religion. God was never mentioned. Okay. So I, I joined them. and um, you So know, you got into music as well through that time? Yeah. Uh, books I fell in love with, and the other thing I fell in love with was, was music. Where I'd come from, there was, there was no music in, in my kind of growing up. Yeah. Um, a couple of years here, I um, went to W.A. Smith's and yeah. um, came back with Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. And then Supertramp. Um, fell in love with Bruce Springsteen, yeah. and um, you know. so all sorts of influences, all sorts of yeah, influences. Yeah, um, yeah. And what other things were important in you? Just beginning to reflect on life. I guess I was I was looking at, at the world around me. Um, uh, by this time, I lived in kind of East Birmingham, and uh, when I could afford the bus fare, yeah. I used to go out to Coventry, Coventry. Yeah. Uh, on a on a day trip. Yeah. And um, uh, walk around the ruins of the old um, cathedral, and sit in the in the new uh, cathedral in, inside. I you know on those chairs. Yeah. Um, that you see on the screen. And um, uh, I I also um, encountered I suppose religion in the form of I used to go to a, a cafe in Birmingham city centre. Okay. Uh, which was which I discovered later that was the Jesus Center. Okay. It's, it's where um, uh, the World Prayer Center is at the moment. Uh, yeah. And I, I could somehow tell that these were white people, this was a white space, but somehow it was more welcoming and these were friendly people. Yeah. And uh, just a cup of tea yeah. um, and um, being there a few times. Yeah. Uh, so little, little kind little of Little bit of the importance of welcoming your life. And I have to say that... Um, I had some fun. Yeah, I got into um, dangerous situations yeah. and uh, you know got out of them. Um, I became independent. Yes, um, but I missed my parents. Okay, yeah. There were times when I really my, my sister who was who did a brilliant job. Yeah, but she wasn't my mom. Sure, and she, and I needed my dad. Yeah. And um, this was a world where FaceTime didn't exist, and yeah. we were talking 70s. Yeah. There was no phone. It was eight years since I uh, left my parents before I saw them again. Um, so there were times when I missed them. So I know that you left school around about 16, and I know everything's approximate, but um, uh, tell us, how did you then get into teaching, which was what you eventually trained in? Um, just tell us about that little phase of life. Well, because I loved uh, learning, I left school at 16, and um, carried on learning by going to evening classes yeah. um, and discovered that you needed five O-levels and two A-levels to go to university. Yeah. And if you got a university degree, then you were made. And I wanted that. Okay. So for six years, I worked very hard, got my five O-levels and A-levels and um, went to university. Yes. And... and um, uh, by this time, I'd all also been told that actually you can go to university and find yourself a wife. Okay, that was on the prospectus, was it? That was uh... no, but I, I'd, I'd heard enough people talk sure. about it, so okay. I thought, you know what, I'm going to go there. And There's some tips for everyone. So, um, so within, can, and how did that go then? Tell us that you're. you're so... Well, you know, my, my, I had this line which said. Um, I'm looking for somebody I can share my bank account with. Okay. It's okay. A, it's a great chat, Wine Cromwell. <laughs> and um, 
within a few weeks, I found my kind of, uh, you know, uh, made for life. You found somebody who wanted your bank account. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, and so you met, I know you met Sue. Yeah, um, I met Sue. Sue is a Christian. Yeah. Um, she's got lots of Christian friends. Uh, just what was, what was that experience like? That obviously brought you into the experience of Christianity on a, on a whole other level. Yeah, I think it ex- uh, kind of introduced me to what, what Christians did and, you know. Yeah. There were there were some decent people and occasionally not so decent, yeah. but you know, yeah. um, and um, you know, if you spoke to Sue, she would tell you that she could see that I was seeking okay. after something, yeah. and uh, I was on I, I was on a journey, yeah. and um, um, I think um, suffice to say that um, when we uh, started to go out with each other, um, our families weren't very pleased about it. Okay, my my parents. Yeah, weren't pleased, and Sue's parents weren't very pleased. Yeah, and um, um, so um, I don't know. There, it probably encouraged our relationship even more. Yeah, yeah. So just talk, yeah, talk me through how you, in your faith journey, then what what was going on in you uh, through that time? Yeah, um, a couple of years after we met, we um, uh, we got married. Yeah. And um, uh, this would give you some clue of where I was because we got married in the college chapel. Okay. And um, I um, should have done, the tradition was in our community, if you married a woman outside, uh, you would expect her to become a Muslim. Yeah. Um, I had no such expectation of Sue. Yeah. And, and later when we had children, I had no such expectation of them that they'd be Muslims. And um, um, through Sue and through the children, I discovered what, um, what family was. Yeah. Rediscovered uh, what unconditional love was. Yeah. Um, what it meant to depend on somebody. Yeah. And for them to depend on you. Because I had this aura about me that I was independent. I didn't need anybody. Yeah. So I, I kind of learned to be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, through 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 the family, and uh, we continued to work on our parents, and they they softened, um, and that pro- our family life provided the foundation for my relationship with God. Okay. And um, now I know you, you. When we were talking in your yeah. garden not so long back about this, you talked about what was going on inside you and what mm. you let on outside. Mm. Do you want to just mm. talk us through that a little bit? Yeah, it's, 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 I describe it as my public persona and my private persona. Publicly, I was not interested in God. I was not, in, I was, you know, maybe I was a Muslim or, you know, um, but don't talk to me about God, yeah. that kind of mindset. Sure. But privately, I was somewhere else. Yeah. I was interested. Um, there was a teacher I worked with. So this is back in 1984. Um, and the teacher had a fish, so I, I worked uh, worked out from him that this was a Christian symbol. Okay. And I wanted to steer the conversation in such a way that I could tell him that I had a Christian wife. Yeah. Okay. 1991, I went to Pakistan uh, on a visit and um, went to a place called Murray, which is well known for a kind of Christian uh, uh, presence. Okay. And I came back with an Urdu Bible. Right. Okay. So that, those kind of things little, uh, sort of give you little, uh, little clues. Little developments of, of things um, going on in your life, of, yeah. Of, of, of where I was. Yes. Um, and so I, I, I changed. 
um, uh, kind of softened. Yes. So my public persona kind of, you know, was was a bit more kind of a bit more open to open to it. Um, and um, so you come to Riverside. How does that yeah, happen? Um, I knew, um, or I, I mean, mo most of the time, I didn't mind Sue going to Riverside. Yeah. There were times when, you know, I said, oh, you're going there too much, or, you know. Yeah. Um, but t 25 years ago, this September, um, I decided to come to Riverside. Okay. So I, I'd, I'd kind of, uh, I was open to, to Christianity enough. Yeah. And uh, Nick Cuthbert was preaching. Uh, a series on family, okay. and I believed in the family uh, a lot, and so I was uh, I enjoyed that. And yeah. when the series finished, I found out what the next series was. I can't remember what it was, but it was interesting. You were hooked on. I, I was uh, hooked on Nick's preaching. I have to yeah, say, yeah. Um, you know, he's a good, good, you know, good communicator. And um, um, and then the, when the second series finished. I didn't even look to see what, what there was. I was kind of, you know, this, this was a comfort, sure. comfortable place. Yeah. And um, I, um, uh, what happened next? Uh, it's worth pointing out that um, uh, Sue is a praying woman. Yeah. She was being part of uh, a, a triplet, uh, a prayer triplet with, with a couple of other ladies. Yeah. And um, um, 16th of June, 1995, Friday evening, uh, one of those ladies, Lindsay Lucas, uh, said to me, Kramer, I've got a word for you. And I thought, oh, well, you know, she's not going to stop now until she, she's told me what the word is. Okay. Okay? Yeah. If you know Lindsay Lucas, you... I'm that's saying what nothing. I'm, I'm saying nothing. So I thought, oh, go on then. I sat there. I could tell you where I was sitting and where she was sitting. Yeah. And uh, she said, this is, this is, this is the word. And I, um, can I read yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I think we even have it on here. So read it, read it okay. through, yeah. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent, I will restore you that you may serve me. If you utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesperson. Let this people turn to you, but you must not turn to them. I was sure this was God speaking to me personally. He was asking me to repent. He said he would restore me and I needed restoring. And he said I would serve him, but I had to speak worthy, not worthless words, and then I'd be his spokesperson. And he was saying, you know, you, you, you're always worried what people would think. Yeah. I want you to stop looking over your shoulder yeah. and, and, and do this and let them look to you. You know, I could only say yes. Yeah. So two days later, I became uh, a Christian. Amazing, that's great. And, and what, what difference did that then make to you? Just, just very briefly, really. But what, what sort of changes did you, have you seen in your life as a result of that decision? One of the first things I learned was about forgiveness. Okay. How to forgive others. Yeah. How to seek their forgiveness. Yeah. Um, I learned to say sorry. Okay. I was never wrong before. Right. I never needed to say sorry. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, I admitted that, you know, yeah. okay, um, I, I slipped up there, so, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. And um, I learned to tell the truth. Okay. I'd grown up in a world, uh, both in Pakistan, but also in, in Birmingham, where, you know, you can tell a lie if, uh, if you get away with it. Yeah. 
But now I was um, uh, going to tell the truth because that was God's way. Yeah. And, and, and probably the biggest example of that was um, there were some irregularities in, in how I'd come to this country. Yeah. So I wrote to the government and said, um, I've become a Christian and we're taught to tell the truth, so I'm going to tell you the truth. And they said, okay, and they took my passport away. Yeah. And uh, for four years, yeah. um, sorted it out. And um, during that time, they considered sending me back to Pakistan. Yeah, I know it was a big time. We prayed yeah. and you're still here, which is great. Yeah, and I learned, the other thing that. that I learned was I'd grown up in a world where God was a distant character. Yeah. Like a king that you kind of, you know, dressed up and, and spoke yeah, yeah. properly. Yeah. Now I learned that he, I had a personal relationship with him. Yeah. And he was there 24-7. He yeah. was better than any friend you could have. He, he would always be there. He would listen to you, give you full attention, knew exactly what your needs were, even more than you, what you need, uh, yeah. knew. Sure, that personal relationship is you know, absolutely that was a big. That's been a big thing for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And um, um, so, so how, have you, how have you tried to share that with your family? I think some of it was, has, has been through, through example. Okay. So um, when I took my first redundancy uh, 20 years ago, uh, that was uh, because I felt God was saying it, it is time. Yeah. And um, it's been the best 20 years of my life. So that taught me that actually when you listen to God, yeah. um, even when it's kind of a bit iffy, yeah. um, uh, he, he won't uh, kind of uh, disappoint you. Okay. Um, First few years, I think it was um, a case of um, working out what, uh, what this being Christian thing was all about. Yeah. Um, and then um, um, slowly, I um, started to share. And, and I have a very large family. Yeah. Um, probably a hundred close relatives. Yeah. Um, a thousand kind of distant people in Birmingham, distant relatives. Yeah. Um, uh, many other people from my district and um, um, I used to have a distant relationship with, with all of them. Okay. We as a church were doing um, a, a, a book called Purpose Driven Life Yeah. and uh, God used a line from that to say to me, actually Kramat, you know this, um, this family, this community, they're yours. Yeah. Don't run away from them, go back to them. Yeah. And um, I um, slowly, kind of in a loving way, started yes. to share, um, share my faith with them, either words or, or how I behaved. Yeah. And um, I've continued to do that. Yeah. Um, still be kind of cautious and, you know, um, it's a bit of a controversial decision. Sure. So. I know you have like a policy initially <laughs> on, on how you shared. Yes. Um, do you want to just tell us a bit about that? I think if I'm ever asked the direct question, yeah. and, and a number of family members and other community members have asked me, yeah. um, they say, oh, Kraman, can I ask you a question? And I think I know what's coming. Yeah. And they say, mm, mm, you know, and I wait for them, and they say, are you a, are you a Christian? Yeah. And in that situation, I always say yes. Yeah. Um, at other times, if I think God's saying, just keep quiet about it, just kind of, 
act and behave yeah, yeah. Uh, according to my ways, yeah. uh, then I do that. So a number know you're a Christian, yeah. a number it's still news in a sense, it's still an ongoing journey for you. Yeah, you know, we've got about 200,000 Pakistanis in, yeah. in, in Birmingham, about 150,000 are from Kashmir, yeah. probably 100,000 are from, from Mirpur. Yeah. Um, that's a large community. Quite a number of them know uh, that I'm a Christian. Yeah. Uh, many are yet to find out. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm kind of loved and respected uh, by a number. A number of knowing that I'm a Christian yeah. uh, have asked me to pray for them. Yeah. Only this week I, I you know uh, offered to pray for somebody's dad who is ill. Yeah. And um, he's he's a kind of key person in the community, and 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 has known I'm a Christian for about 10, 15 years. How would you say your family, your kind of family, wider family, have responded, reacted to that? I, th I think um, uh, I've been encouraged by it um, uh, because, you know, the, the kind of person I am and how I live my so life. They've, they've accepted that. Uh, they've accepted it and um, uh, I continue to be uh, loved. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, if I... Uh, if I meet them, um, you know, there are occasions when I think, oh, you know, I'm being given the cold shoulder here. Yeah. Uh, but most of them, uh, especially close family, yeah. nieces, nephews. Uh, sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still... And how important has Riverside as a church been to you on your journey? I use the phrase chosen family. There's my biological family and there's my chosen family. For the last 25 years, it would be safe to say... My chosen family has been Riverside. Yeah. And um, so if I want to laugh and cry, share kind of deep, deep stuff, yeah. um, this, is, this is the family. Um, I've got some deep friendships here uh, who've helped me to process and deal with some deep, deep issues. Yeah, and, so really important uh, to you. Really, really important. Yeah. Really go to, um, uh, go to people. Now, I know you've, there's been a number of these kind of key moments in your life, you know, from moving to the UK, uh, meeting Sue and her Christian friends, uh, the, the verse from Jeremiah that you shared. Um, but also, just more recently, there's been another key event and what God's currently doing in your life. I think 2019 seems to be um, his year and, and what he wants to do with me. There are some big things happening. Um, I'm speaking to Christians in September and in November, sharing my story with them and, and using it um, to educate about how to reach, share the gospel with Muslims. Yeah. Um, I'm working with the Church of England in Birmingham yeah. uh, on intercultural mission. Yeah. That's this year. Um, and um, But something big happened five years ago, yeah. um, uh, which, we, which was a major life event when I fell seriously ill, and, and some people in Riverside uh, will remember praying for me. Yeah. And, um, but God uh, pulled me through that, yeah. and uh, one of the things that he's done with that is uh, he introduced me to the chaplains in the hospital. Okay. And I, um, I said to them that when I'm better, I'll give you a bit of my time. And for four years now, um, I've been volunteering for two hours a week, yeah. Uh, as a hospital chaplain, Brilliant. and and during which time I've probably spoken to about 1,500, 1,600 people, and and that's given me a great deal of confidence to share my story 
many of the patients, Muslims, non-Muslims, non white people mainly, um, see me coming, uh, look at my brown skin with a Bible in my hand, and they say, so, you know, tell us your story. Yeah. Where are you from, and, yeah. and what's your background? Yeah. And why have you got a Bible in your hand? Yeah. And, and, and um, it's well, a major great, opportunity. So I've got a, a, a script yeah. worked out, depending on whether it's, you know, they want a five-minute story or, or ten-minute. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, uh, the other thing that I've done is um, God uh, called me to um, maintain my mother tongue. Okay. Which I was losing my mother tongue, Urdu. Yeah. Because English was my main language. Sure. And um, I, I wondered why. Yeah. But actually, I know now because occasionally I speak to patients yeah. who, who may not speak English. Yeah. Um, and recently, I've been working with the Birmingham Cathedral yeah. on their translation. So if you go in there um, and look at the Urdu translation yeah. of what the cathedral is about, yeah. if you turn it over to the back, because I helped them to translate it. Fantastic. So that's why God wanted me to keep Fantastic. my Urdu alive. So you have become that spokesperson. Uh, as promised in that little verse, in I guess so. remarkable ways, and I guess it's so. continuing to grow. Yeah. Um, thank. Can we just thank him just at this stage? There's so much that is in there. It's such a privilege to hear what you have to say. We'll come to that in a second. Yeah. And I, I just want to say a few things uh, off the back of that. We want to just sort of reflect a little bit at the end of each of these interviews, things that we can kind of pick up in our own lives. And I think one of the things that is very um, very aware and uh, in what, what has been shared this morning, and even from this passage in, in, in Jeremiah, um, is this whole thing of change. Um, you know, the passage in Jeremiah 15:9 uses words like repent. Uh, that that mean, it means a kind of change of mind. Uh, restore is about changed hearts. Not uh, speak worthy words, not worthless words, a change of speech. Um, Turn to me, it says, which is a change of direction. And as we've heard, there's this inward change, which is about how we think, our mind, our hearts, and then this outward change and how we live, uh, who we follow, uh, even in our lives. Uh, and also how we have this inner persona, the, the private part of us, which obviously is not always quite what is going on, what is shown on the outside. We don't always expose everything that's happening on the inside of us as we kind of process things in life, as we uh, consider what people might say, um, as we perhaps change our thinking on, on what God is like um, and what Christianity and faith might have to say. And one of the, the key triggers, I think, in Kramath's transformation um, within him is actually because of change outside of him. So this big change from moving from a rural context to an urban context, from moving from Pakistan to Britain, from moving from parents to this independence, even though he missed it at times. I think he enjoyed his independence a fair bit. The cultural changes around him, new, new sights, new things to see, new, uh, new sounds, uh, new resources that he had access to, new voices, new ways of thinking. And, uh, and Kram's also identified those, some of those key times in life uh, all the way through that have been real moments in life. And in the Greek, they have these two words for time you may be aware of. They have Kronos and Kairos, the two Greek gods. And Kronos time is, is, is the watch. It's the tick-tock. It's the, it's the countdown of the years, of the weeks, of the months, of the how many weeks to the holidays. It's all that kind of stuff that we fill our lives with, we fill our diaries with, we fill our schedules with. Kronos time dominates us. 
And yet there's another type of time, this kairos time, um, which is different. It's the moment. It's the opportune time. It's the, it's the appointed time for something to occur. And it's a, it's a kind of quality of time rather than a quantity uh, of time um, that you might measure in seconds and minutes. And um, it's the right time when God acts. You know, so when God looks at this world, he thinks the right time to send Jesus to this earth to, to come to save us. That's the right time. Jesus said, it is not yet my time when he was to give his life uh, for you and I and for the salvation of the world. And changes in life uh, are often times that open us to those times when God can act, uh, when God can move. And also in, in the friends of ours around us, it's when we see change in people's lives, it is an opportunity to share something of our faith, to be praying into them because this change in lives, people are thinking in the inner side, in the inside themselves about what is life about. So someone moves into a new area. It might be yourself. It may be somebody moves into your street. Their, their curiosity in finding out about new people overcomes any suspicion they have. So it's a prime time to knock on the door, to invite them around for a coffee, to get to know them uh, in some way because there is that short window of curiosity. Jesus used it. He went from village to village and uh, it aroused curiosity, and people wanted to hear what he had to say. And this changes of life. Someone has a baby. I was chatting to someone the other day. Their son-in-law started asking big questions about life and faith because they just had a baby. They just had a child, a wedding, a funeral, a health scare. Um, these are the things that make us think about the big questions of life. So in summary, I think changes of circumstances is always an opportunity for God to move, for God to act. And uh, those changes are going on within people. They may be going on within you. They may be going in, on amongst your friends and colleagues. It might not always be public. It might always be obvious. It's something that is held within them. But keep on praying for such people. Keep on sharing faith uh, with them. Because ultimately, God wants to bring each one of us and everyone to this place of repentance that uh, spoke so powerfully into uh, Kramer's life. How we can change our lives uh, to line ourselves with God's uh, life uh, for us. That day of realization. So for today, there may even be one person here. Today is a Kairos moment for you. It's a day of realization um, of something that has been shared, something that has been said. God is calling you today. Uh, or perhaps this summer series as a whole, like the family series was for Kramath, was maybe that is a Kairos season. Um, possibly for some of your friends that you're yet to invite to this, some of your colleagues and neighbors, uh, perhaps. Um, but if you repent, I will restore you that you may serve me. If you utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesperson. Could this be the start of change in your life? I'm going to ask Kramath to pray for us, and uh, he's going to pray the Lord's Prayer, I think, in Urdu. I have no way of testing this. I trust him implicitly. Um, could you pray for us? Yes. Um, I think um, you will have got a sense that um, I am on in a relationship with God. God and I are on an adventure. Um, but as we know with adventures, they can be exciting. They can also be dangerous. So if you're the praying kind, and I hope you are, you will 
go on praying for the next journey, the next leg of my journey. On to um, praying for you, or praying the Lord's Prayer in Urdu. Um, I, I'm not sure how um, you're going to sign this one. <laughs> okay, here it goes. Hai amare baap, tu jo asman par hai, tera naam paak mana jaye, teri baadshai aaye, aur teri marzi jaisi asman par puri hoti hai, zameen par bhi ho. Amari roz ki roti aaj hamein dhe, aur jaise hamne apne karzdaarun ko maaf kiya hai, tu bhi amare karz maaf kar dhe. ہمیں آزمائش میں نہ لا بلکہ برائی سے بچا کیونکہ بادشاہی قدرت اور جلال ہمیشہ تیرے ہی ہیں آمین آمین